0: or something and then say oh yeah, no. You know, no I'll probably ask for that to get taken out later <laughs> alright so let's do this let's do it alright uh, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High that is Barry Stock
1: and that is Rob Elba
0: and we're so happy to be here with you guys and uh, that you guys are all listening and uh, you know we're in these in these uh, uncertain times this is all we can do
1: Uh <laughs> Boy, that was confidence-inspiring there. Like Marshaling the troops, Rob.
0: Yeah, just well, like you know.
1: Eisenhower.
0: <laughs> we're doing. We're all doing our best. Is what I'm we trying are, to say. Yes. And we have a uh, we have a special guest. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Wilson. Welcome to the show, hey. Matt.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Love it. Yes, Matt sounding great. You're in uh, Minia. Are you actually in
2: uh, Minneapolis? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, like a block and a half away.
1: Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> Just uh, outside the um, city limits, which was yeah. you know, uh, according to law enforcement, that you're allowed to be that close, right?
2: <laughs> right. That's a, that's as close as you get to ge- get to be.
1: Yeah. Ever since the incident.
2: Right. <laughs> right. It, it's been fine here. It's, everything's been fine here. It's a. Uh, it's. It, it's, okay. not, it's not chaos. It's yeah. a. Pretty pretty loving scene overall, to that's be honest. That's good.
1: That's great. Well, that's
0: good to hear. Well, many of you uh, music fans, especially maybe a little older, but I would remember Matt from the band Trip Shakespeare. That was like late 80s, right? Late 80s, early 90s. Correct. Uh, right? Shakespeare, and then later on, The Flops and The uh, Twilight Hours. Yeah. Uh, and uh, your most recent uh, release is uh, Matt Wilson and His Orchestra, and that was uh, just came out when... I- I was a writer. It's called right when I was a yeah. writer. Yeah, and you guys, you guys, awesome. You did it just at the beginning of the pandemic. That's when it came out, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, we played our last show it was a um, kind of a replacement. Basically, it was the first, you know, among the very first shows that got turned from a uh, live show into a streaming show.
3: Yeah, and that well, was a show.
0: Right. Well, I will say I watched the release. I think that was your record release thing, which you yeah. did, uh, and that was actually great because your this your band now, Matt Wilson Orchestra orchestra, is kind of very well suited to this to that type of thing. Uh, yeah. When you sang. yeah,
2: yeah, 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 that that show was super fun, and it it, it, was. it was it was great,
3: yeah.
2: And it, the one thing about it is that the um the the people in the band are. All interesting people that are fun to be with. and so you know with a lack of an audience, we can kind of still entertain ourselves and you know and so Hello.
0: yeah, it was good. It was actually uh enjoyable it was the most enjoyable live streaming thing that I've watched since the pandemic. I think it really was good and, oh, uh, you guys oh, are
2: thank, you. thank you yeah, it's, well, it's well, a funny it's a funny uh, set up uh, group of instruments, but Somehow it works.
0: Yeah, Barry, I, it's it's like harp, uh, banjo. banjo, harp, and uh, you you uh, play acoustic and you play some harmonica and uh, and it's just it's it's great though it really is great. So do uh,
1: you uh, are you uh, are you a uh, um, do you play straight harp or blues harp?
2: Just a really just kind of straight harp, like harp, like a uh, like a elementary school music teacher would play like harmonic <laughs> i meant harmonic. Harmonica. i, sh- I, sh- yeah. I should have yeah, yeah you got me yeah, you like got melodies me. i play melodies don't do a lot of bending a little a right. little bit but right. it, it's uh it's more like a just a, a an easy way to play a flute
0: exactly
1: you know? yeah exactly
0: <laughs> but uh it, it works. like i said it all works it's great so definitely you should check out uh matt wilson as well. but we're not here to talk about that matt we're, yeah, we're
2: yeah.
3: all
0: right what are we here what are we here to talk what did you bring to the that record got me high table today
2: all right, well, it's a, there's this record that basically monopolized my life for three years. Ooh. I played really this record only, and it's the weirdest thing, because I, I tend to get on, on these kicks. It's part of my makeup as a person. I yep. eat the same meal a lot, stuff like that. But this record is fragile, by yes. It was a group that uh, in the seventies. And they are kind of the antithesis of what I think
0: I love in music. And <laughs> and- I was yeah, I was wondering that because it didn't in, in like just the stuff you've done in your milieu, I was wondering how that this fit in with that.
2: Yeah, it's 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 the oddest thing. On so completely On paper. So, what year,
1: what give give us a time frame that three year period? What years would that have been?
2: Uh, Let's see. I I would say maybe 2013 in there. Oh, um, so recently,
1: like recently. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: Maybe around 2016, I'd say. Wow! And so I, my brother was a big fan of like prog rock. He's my older brother, Dan, and um, he would always have all these um, like jazz fusion records around, like Return to Forever yeah. and Chick and stuff like that. Yep. And I was a couple of years younger, and I really I loved the music that Dan played, but I never really could truly enjoy fusion rock, and I didn't really like. Prague. it didn't move me i didn't find it moving
0: okay right right
2: but on the other hand there was there's another thread in me that i think is related to this which is just that when devo came along
1: (laughs) how you're gonna okay show me how you're gonna weave together devo and yes i'm i'm impressed
2: (laughs) okay all right well i think it's real um so you know Around this time, I think um a lot of people like as the punk scene was kind of rising and Devo came along, that music really scratched an itch for me. I was uh, in high school around yeah. that time. Yeah. And I I remember when I was I was a waiter at this place called Sambo's. It was a nightmare.
1: Oh my but god, you worked at Sambo's? I worked Dude. at a Sambo oh in Minneapolis.
2: Yeah, <laughs> It was right yeah, next Sam
1: to here too. Yeah, we I had had Yeah, I know. I know. It was embarrassing. Didn't have a... the giant painting on the wall. Ours had this gigantic oh. mural of Sambo being chased around the tree.
2: No, it didn't. But it was, wow. it, was, it, was <laughs> just, it was humiliating. It was. It was I knew. I it, it was wrong. But it was this restaurant that was right Jobs next. Job was a job. To, job, right? And you're lucky when you're a pimple-faced kid to just have a job. Yep. So anyway, but I, I would always call myself like Sambotron Nine and stuff because like I felt like a little robot, you know. Like I, I think everyone in my age was was starting to feel like computers coming yeah. on, and yeah. Feel like we're just a, a like a machine part that yep. fits in a larger hole. So when uh, when Devo came along, I was just like, yeah, that mm-hmm. that's how I feel. I get that. Yeah. So yes, was like just just a little earlier than that but i really feel like when i hear them now they're really w- with their incredible musicianship they're kind of what they're saying is we feel like robots wow because they, they play like robots they're doing all these arpeggio yeah. <laughs> super mathematical yeah and you right. feel like they're like expressing this like I'm a machine, you know, and I hate it. Uh, you know, why wow. am I trapped in this math?
1: I think that's uh, an amazing take because yeah. <laughs> we were, um, Susan, my wife and I were, we were taking a drive a couple of nights ago and listening to the record in the car up and down the A1A, the beach, because we had not been out of the house and, you know, you got to get out eventually and just do something. So we just drove up and down right. the beach. We we're listening to um, this album and you know, my wife said this record was so important to me in like the, you know, early eighties when um she like she would her older brother had it and I guess she turned her on to it and she listened to it over and over. But she did point out, she goes, but now it's very um it's very flashy. It's very w- Everything is. Everybody's going. I'm going to play the most complicated here. You think you're going to play something complicated? Well, you know the the, the, the I'm going to play something complicated now too. It's very um, and it's it's kind of um. It it's like be, athleticism. It, it's It's kind of exhausting to yes, listen to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that's why I, I felt like that during King when we did the King Crimson record. Yeah, that's what I felt. You know, of you, course, Harry.
1: of course. But you know, King Crimson's a lot closer to my heart, so I have to. I have the more the inside really, track on that one. That,
0: that's and true. That's the same drummer, by the way. Same Who drummer, right. same exactly. That's right. No, so I'm I'm glad to hear you say this, though, Matt. It's funny because I th- I thought maybe you were going to tell me you were really secretly like a a, a prog kid way back when you were younger. But I, I was the same way. Like when I I came of age in music, I I was into punk rock and all that. And it, just back then, if you were into that, you you couldn't you you couldn't like the, any of the Prague weren't band. allowed
1: like, to.
0: You know, yeah, you exactly. You, you couldn't, couldn't like Rush, was, and you couldn't like Pink Floyd,
2: and you couldn't like Yes. It, yeah, because it was yeah. just so uncool. But yeah, that, it was uncool. There's the the show off part that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, that that the whole thing of just I call it wanking. Yeah. Guys in my <laughs> era, we sure. call it wanking. You know. Well,
1: what year did you graduate high school? If you graduated high school. Eighty. Oh, so you t- you got 81. two years. So, so you're like sad. Rob, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, you're the same uh, wheelhouse as us. Yeah, but but I was the same way. I later on, obviously, I once I got over myself and I realized, oh yeah, I'll like whatever the fuck I want to like, and then I would listen and and some bands like I never,
1: I, I tried with Rush several times and
0: I just never, <laughs> never get it. I'm right there, right there with you.
1: I I, 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 I gotta confess, I, so, I'm okay with Rush, so we can just be. Right, on, no, I know.
0: It? Yeah, you're, you're a yes band fan, but
1: okay. I, I good
2: good. Well okay i had the i had there was a revelation that happened in my life that i think opened me up to this and i think you're going to relate because it's basically what you're talking about um there was uh so i think this was in the late the mid 90s okay and i was with my grandma and I would take her to church every once in a while, and I'm not a religious guy at all, but she went to church, yeah. and she's getting up there, and so it was something we could do together.
1: Yep.
2: So I'd take her to church. It was this Lutheran church, and back at this time, um, the new technology that was coming along that I thought was super uncool was – Digital synthesizers. Oh, was,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: There was a synth that was called the DX7. Oh,
1: yeah. The DX. Oh, yeah. For real. And yes. it had this
2: this icy kind of bell tone.
1: Yeah. That was it's the nauseating. sound of It's the sound of cocaine. That the DX7 yeah, makes yeah. cocaine sounds. That's what <laughs> it was for.
2: Right. Or ballads. Ballads <laughs> yeah. that are cocaine influenced. That's correct. 100%. 100%. <laughs> So that was, and this was kind of like a badge of who I was in my mind at this time. It was like, I like fat yeah. sounds. I like analog sounds.
1: Tubes, yeah.
2: Tubes, all that stuff, right. So there I was with my grandma and uh, having a, this nice time and thinking that this was, I liked what they were saying at this service and stuff like that. And um, And then over some speakers, came the sound of a DX7 yeah, and it was making these these cold noises and I was just I started looking around like I was just in a front
1: you get run
2: yeah I was just so angry I was like what if you fuck up this service you know
1: <laughs> trying
2: to see what were the speakers that it was coming out of and I I turned to the right and it was these little girls playing handbell
1: oh, oh really it was yeah. not a DX7.
2: No. Wow. And I hated it until I saw it was these cute little girls mm. playing. And then all of a sudden I realized that it was beautiful and it was all these perceptions or yeah. all my preconceptions right. of who I am right. yeah. were preventing me from enjoying it. Yep. And and so that was this huge breakthrough to me, Allah, what you said. I like whatever I I'll just yeah. I don't have you know, I'll just like what I like. I, I, it helped me break through and give up that kind of um, yeah. youthful, um, where you're putting down flags of who I am and this yeah. sucks, right. this doesn't You suck. realize
1: it doesn't really matter. Like nobody cares and it doesn't really matter. Just right. like what you like yeah. and don't worry yeah. about anybody else
0: and it's so stupid because I swear I have friends today that are uh,
1: oh yeah of course
0: fifty people in their 50s and they still refuse to like like Steely Dan or something like that oh never listen to that it's like well, shut up already
3: you well know? I was
1: gonna one thing I was gonna say about the DX7 was there is one person who used a DX7 and it's always very surprising to people when they learn this because he, he learned that it, it has this programming you can program them and it has this very arcane and weird way of being programmed and the sounds being changed. And the person, one person sat down and read the entire manual and figured out how to change all these sounds. And the person who used a DX7 that way was Brian Eno. He is a master of the DX7, um, oh which is God. a really weird. Sort of because you would go oh, Brian, you know, he's playing these analog synths and oh, you know, dude. nope, DX seven. He loved the DX. I don't know if he still oh, uses yeah, it, yeah. but I remember reading the article and I was like, you got to be kidding! And he's like, nope. Uh, I read the whole manual, to figured out how to program the whole thing, and you can do all this cool stuff with it if you know how this how to how to do this with it.
2: Right? Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, however, uh-huh. I must say, just I also got to had Rob. Rob however Rob does not like jazz so we no, have, I don't we we that is one place he will not go that is a, just a uh, um some place he cannot even though Steely Dan is pretty close to jazz
0: they're kind of jazzy but yeah i just don't like and it's not like but at least i don't like it uh Legitimately, I don't like it just because it's jazz. I don't like it because I don't like listening I to I can it. vouch it
1: just, for the fact that he's tried, but he it, just can't. He yeah. just can't. It he just doesn't dig it.
0: It gives me anxiety. <laughs> it gives me anxiety. And, and, you know, I think a big part of why, yes, out, out of all right, so obviously, yeah, I have some prog I do like, but a lot of it I still don't. But uh, the thing for Yes, the secret sauce is, yeah, they're all great musicians. Oh, yeah. But, but, but John Anderson has this, like, sweet yeah. whisper a voice that's appealing. It's very appealing. Yeah. Like I could see someone not liking uh, a Getty Lee like me because <laughs> get, his voice is kind of, c- could get kind of annoying or someone like right. that. Or, oh, but how could you, I can't see anyone being turned off by John Anderson's voice, you know?
2: It, it's amazing. His voice is amazing. It's And it's very, have um, it, it, you noticed that it? It kind of sounds in a way. It sounds more like a like a flute or a yeah. synthesizer or something. It's like, yeah. a, like a tube of tone, yeah. and not really like a, not really so much like a human. Or no. it's like part of the machine too, in his way. Yeah, or a horn
1: like it's got sort of yeah. a horn like quality to yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. And he's always his pitch. He's pitch perfect. Oh, yeah. The guy never yeah. misses a note. No. Oh,
3: yeah,
2: and your- it, it all functions it, it all functions together really well especially on this
0: this record yeah yeah it does it really does and, and um all right so let's real quick this is their fourth album but it's kind of like the first classic one because this is it came out in uh, nineteen seventy one and this is the one that uh, Rick Wakeman, featured Rick Wakeman, because right. he replaced founding member Tony Kay. 'Cause because I guess Tony Kay didn't want to experiment and get into these other synthesizers, which Rick Wakeman was like all about.
1: Yeah, he was but all Rick about, Wakeman like, couldn't afford the synthesizers, so the band had to, instead of recording the double album that they wanted to record, they had to trim it way down so that they could afford to buy the Mellotron and the synthesizers for Rick Wakeman to use. So there was this uh, whole... Okay. Sort of uh, confluence of things that came about into making, including in the composition of the songs as well.
2: The
0: record's a
1: mess. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, all right. Say why you say that? Because it's formed. It's it's it has nine tracks, but four only four of them are like group Group. ones. Yeah, and then there's Uh, five of them where each of them gets like a song to do whatever they and
2: and those are basically. I, I mean. I love them, and I've listened to them like
0: a thousand times. <laughs> but those, those individual songs are pretty shitty yeah. overall. It's, well, it's weird. Yeah, they're weird. It's almost, yeah, it's like, yeah. Like,
1: like <laughs> what's, much what much. happened here? Like, yeah. But, yeah. and because I think yeah. that I you go from Roundabout, the first track, which is a stunning piece of musical work. It just is, you know, it just. Uh, it's jaw-dropping. Exactly. It's jaw-dropping, and it's still jaw-dropping today and then you go to the second track Cans and Brahms which we will play a little bit of and Rick Wakeman he wasn't allowed to compose anything cuz he was still under contract yeah so he, he, he doesn't even he, like yeah he doesn't even like that he, he, said, <laughs> he said he said it's terrible everything,
2: everything on this record was done for the wrong reason it's like this, this yes yeah it, it's just like it's so flawed through and through but all more me mean?
1: Yeah. but you know what <laughs> There's a lot of the, records like the, that where proof, you go, you think you the, think the, it's the, this like you think it's like this whole piece that they can you know everything worked out and and you find out it was put together piecemeal and crazy right. mixing and all that Something stuff. Done
2: in a studio over here, and then another studio, and then they they had to like meet some contractual obligations, so they did one more song.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly. But, you, but that's but, but you did exactly what you're supposed to on the show Matt cuz you picked a uh, record that legitimately just got you high like out of nowhere and you ended up listening to it for 3 years,
3: which yeah.
2: is
0: ins- insane to me, but not really because it does kind of it does kind of get under your skin a little.
2: Oh god, yeah.
0: Right? It, yeah,
2: absolutely. It's 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 huge, it's vivid. It in its way, it's like there's a, there's like about four lines on the whole like of lyrics on the whole record that seem like they have any kind of vulnerability and and some, and they it can be beautiful like just in these like maybe four places, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I feel like there's this um like with all this tech technique that they've got and they're just kind of circling um playing 16th notes, yeah, 30 seconds right. i don't know yeah like i get this like this sense of this like crying teenagers like going you know doing the like exercises over and over again like
3: yeah.
2: dying inside like <laughs> you know like p- complaining in this music with this repetitive like oh, super it. angry uh, arpeggios that they're playing no. and stuff <laughs>
3: Yeah. We
1: should start playing the record, and then we can we let's can expound it. some more on it. <laughs> let's
0: listen to the opening track, the classic, which this is a classic, and it was a, it was a huge hit. This was like their oh, yeah, br- br- breakthrough hit for them. Uh, let's listen to Roundabout. 1971 it was edited as a single it was only 327 the yeah. song is 829 but i feel like all of us i knew the. i know the song because by the time we all yeah, heard on the radio, rock radio they were yeah. doing aor uh, so they yeah. were playing the whole song right yeah
1: i only first heard the single edit today i played it on youtube and there's, right, like, a, there's and like, like, like a crazy hard cut. yeah there's like a hard cut oh You're yeah like, oh, it's ridiculous wow it's ridiculous but that was a <laughs> it was a hit single it was you know um
0: it, 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 it worked it worked yeah um, yeah, so it's kind of like a mini opera where all five members get a little chance to to shine at, at different points on it,
1: right? I think Steve, yeah. yeah, Steve House said he it started off as just a bunch of guitar parts that he had, and that they worked it into you know a tune.
3: <laughs> well, well, yeah, Matt, ahead, like Matt. you were saying,
0: on paper, it seems like a convoluted hodgepodge that wouldn't work, right? Yeah, yeah, it, and but it does, and it uh, does.
2: <laughs> okay, you know, and part of it is because the, you know, the there's really no song in a lot of them. In a way, they're ideas. Yeah, and the lyrics don't matter. The, you know, the 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 lyrics are just syllables. Yeah, and they sound nice.
1: <laughs> I think he's said as I think he's actually said as much. I think John Anderson said, Yeah, that basically, oh, it's just what sounded good. It doesn't mean anything. It just was words that sounded good. And there's a vaguely, you know, it's nineteen seventy one, so there's a vaguely Tolkien esque undertone to (laughs) what's going on, you know. There's a little there's a little habit in it. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed there is.
0: all right looks kind of like a little hobbit too right?
1: he's- <laughs> but and if you notice Chris Squire's background vocals are insanely good as well, so they when they sing together, it's got this thing that you you go, oh well, that's you know that's yes, right there that's a thing,
2: yeah, yeah, like if you've been in a few bands, it's like sometimes you've got a thing, and sometimes you don't you know yep. what i mean they've they've They had a thing. Yeah, for sure. That sound of their voices just shines. And it's it's got that
1: 70s. It's got that, I guess, Eddie Offord was the producer. It's got the sound of that, you know, whatever console they recorded it through and whatever EQs they used. Like his bass, that Rickenbacker bass just sounds like something else other than you know it's so it's so far removed from like James Jamerson and Motown I mean
2: what else what else sounded anything like that up to that point I mean uh, I don't think well, I,
1: well I, the only thing I can think of is that you, the only parallel I get is um maybe with um um Greg Lake in ELP like they had sort of a similar sonic um, realm, and it's entirely possible that you know there was some similar production equipment right. and but ideas they, going on there. They
2: like they weren't saying, you know, I'm a robot the way Chris
1: <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 um yeah it's and I watched some live footage today. Oh of my god, I've never seen that. Yes songs of no yes songs. You can watch it on YouTube. And it's from 75, so it's a little bit, but they actually, no, no. it was, came out in 75, it was recorded in 72, so Bruford's gone, he'd already left for King Crimson, but yeah. um, it's very odd to watch them play live. I must say, it gives you a really <laughs> strange, it gives you a really strange feeling.
2: You know, it's like, first of all, if it wasn't these exact guys, I wouldn't even want to see it, and, and <laughs> second of true. all, it's like... I. I really would f- I'd feel like I would be like wrecking you know, one of the few things I love if I went and saw them play
1: it. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean now you it's you just way
2: got the,
0: uh, well, not, the magic. Yeah. you just got the magic of this record under your skin and that's it. You just that's enough for you right yeah. there. Yeah. All right. I get that. Um all right. So here so the second song we get one of the uh um one of the individual things, and this is uh, Rick Wakeman's thing. Which, by the way, I don't. Something we haven't mentioned wait, 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 about. Him.
2: Which one is which one is Rick Wakeman's thing?
1: Uh, Hands and Cans and Brahms.
2: Oh, oh yeah, okay. Because there's a, there's, there's another one that he was like. It, it, I that's awesome. I, I think it's South Side of the Sky. That seems like it's got his uh,
0: mark. Oh yeah, on it. I think he's got a co-write yeah on that one uh, as well but this is his one where this is his and like barry was saying before he couldn't they, they wouldn't let him he still had a uh, a deal like a a solo um yeah yes well, he was on a&m and yes was on atlantic so he wrote an original piece for the album called handle with care but because of the legalities he couldn't do it so he just was did it, this which was his-
1: it h-a-n-d-l like Handle the
0: oh
3: god <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't know. All right, let's do a little bit of uh, just a little bit of cons, cons and Brahms. Uh, cons, and cons let and me Brahms. just
1: before we and before we start playing it, let me give you the word that Rick Whitman used to describe cons and Brahms. He used the word he used was dreadful. <laughs>
0: Okay, now I don't know about you guys, but when I heard this, what I first go to is because I was a huge yeah, uh, Puff I know, of Orange, it, I know Puff where you go. Exactly, Wendy Carlos. Wendy it's Carlos. Wendy Carlos. Did,
1: exactly. Did,
0: that's what I think of. She did a Switched on Bach. That was like in the late 60s, sixty eight. And it was basically she took Bach and then she did it on a Moog synthesizer. So that was her thing. And, yeah, I would imagine that she was uh, influence on uh, Rick I w- I'd say
1: that's oh, 100 percent.
2: No doubt. No doubt. And, yeah, you know, and that song, yeah, that, it, it is dreadful is a good word for it. <laughs> and yet, somehow as a little kind of little set piece, you know, it, it's like, Uh, You know, the rest of the record is is so epic, and then it's like, you know, like a little girl coming out and dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Like, why would you put this second? Like, oh, we got this incredible song, and then we've got this insipid synthesizer thing that we're going to stick on right after it.
2: You know, like, I always like, when I make a record, you know, or like, when I appreciate records, I I love the sense of, like, when I'm that there it's building towards something and that there's some kind of art going on and it's like all constructed as a a narrative or you know something like something like that and this also like you know that's what I think I like and then the record that I couldn't stop listening
1: to yeah it does this
2: thing that has no (laughs) sense at all
1: yeah right Uh, that's brilliant let me just go ahead let me just go ahead and say to the people who are gonna send us hate mail about this episode and our treatment of this Detroit. beloved record.
0: No, oh, we love this. I think, I, we, I I do think too, we all love this.
1: But w- yeah. there's going to be some people that are going to find our <clears throat> assessment of cans how, and Brahms yeah. out there. The, the, the email address is, and I'm serious, the email address <laughs> to send it to is Hey Assholes. No, it's <laughs> Hey Assholes <laughs> at That Record Got Me That is the legitimate <laughs> no, email address. For you to send your commentary. And we will, if it's good enough, we will read some during the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do your um, do your worst. Uh,
0: do your worst. All right. So now the third one, now we have uh, John Anderson gets his little solo thing. Yep. And he sang all the vocal parts on this. And and it's this is pretty much exactly what you would, would expect from him. Wait, uh, so
2: you're not gonna which one is this one? We have, is have this a,
0: is, we have. We have, we have this is we have heaven this is his, his yeah
2: favorite. yeah the, an, another
0: atrocity <laughs> it's just so it's just so, all right play just play a little do bit
1: we better. have dreadful and then we have atrocity
2: i couldn't stay away
1: let's do it man <laughs> You don't yeah. have to
0: keep playing it because it does. It basically that's all it that's is. Tell the dog, tell the March Hair. Uh, all right, here this is funny. I've heard some yes lyrics, and and Prague in general could be referred to as meaningful nonsense.
1: Yeah, well, and
0: uh, that may apply here because it sound, Sometimes it sounds more meaningful, but it's kind of nonsense.
1: This is in the Tolkien adjacent category where you know you go. This he was that those books had such a huge you know think about fucking zeppelin 4 like right, that's basically right. a you know it's just it's just soaked in in tolkien so this right. is around the same time you know um
0: uh, so so yeah you have those two ridiculous things and then the side side one ends with this awesome very very proggy but awesome let's just do a little bit of Southside.
3: Awesome. right of oh yeah
1: Incre- uh, so that, it's incredibly cool. Like that it,
0: Chris Squire that Chris Squire bass, that bass that sort of just takes the it's the bass sort of takes the lead in it. And then you got um, Steve Howe throwing in these these like licks that are sort of blues, Country. That, you know?
1: That's the weird thing about Steve Howe as a guitar player was he was so different than anybody else playing in like a prog band because his tone was very um He's not using like a lot of distortion. It's just a little bit distorted. It's very trebly, almost like a country guitar player. So if you think about Steve Howe as being some sort of, you know, some iteration of Scotty Moore or something like that, it's just that's one of the things that makes them their sound so strange is that guitar sound and the way he's playing things like a country guitar player would play
2: yeah yeah and it's 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 really fluid it's very rock in it in a, in the like in the greatest sense like not um
1: yeah oh yeah oh yeah not like
2: programmed metal rock but no right you know improvisational well, super cool well he had been oh, also yeah, he was he in does a
0: shred he shreds
2: oh man. my he's incredible he
1: the guy <laughs> yeah. is unbelievable he was in a um a band called tomorrow Back in the '60s, um, that had a hit with um, "My White Bicycle," so a psych band back in '67. So he had already been sort of in the, you know, the music scene. So I, I don't know if he's a little older, but he certainly um, had had his, you know, cut his teeth uh, um, and his chops are, you know, the guy can play.
2: Yeah. And he got this vibe. He's got this vibe that he doesn't give a shit. You know, when you when you hear him just kind of like yeah. doing stuff,
1: he just about, throws throws it like, off. Like, oh, look what I just did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Which can be, frankly, can be annoying. Um, some of the the live thing. I was watching the the yes songs thing. Um, a lot of the the camera is on him a lot of the time for some odd reason. You would think, oh, it's going to be on John Anderson. Um, no, it's actually on Steve Howell a lot of the time. And he makes a lot of really, really bizarre faces. In fact, enough that Susan goes, oh, he's, he's, he's got that thing. He's making really, really strange guitar playing faces. And they just linger on him for a really long time. So it's, it's an odd viewing experience. Um.
0: That's unfortunate.
1: <laughs> well, um. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, somebody was editing it and it was like, well, John Anderson's not that interesting. Steve Howe's doing something interesting with his face, so let's just stay on him for like this right. entire song. Um, <sighs>
0: um, uh, okay, so let's, uh, let's finish the side one, so this is a good time. Let's take a little break. Let's uh, reconvene. I'm, I'm just drinking. I'm, I'm a little under the weather, so I'm just drinking some tea. I don't know. Are you... Uh, what are you uh, having, you Matt? Oh,
2: nothing. Nothing. Oh, you nothing. Have nothing. Okay. I try not to... Um, take in any solids or liquids
1: oh good good idea then you don't have no surprise no surprises
2: <laughs> i had a, had a huge dinner i'm just kidding that's I had a good
1: huge uh, yeah okay good well oddly uh, yet, uh, i would or, ordinarily i would be drinking probably not heavily but i would have had <laughs> one strong drink but i'm by myself here and i'm like i'm like i'm not gonna sit here and drink by myself that's just bad. yeah that's that so that's i'm that. having actually I'm, I'm drinking hibiscus tea which is a uh, good for oh, your, good. good for so your, good for your team. blood.
0: Yeah. All right, all right. So we're all enjoying our tea. Well, that's kind of fitting for a yes album, right? That are all drinking tea. <laughs> um, We're here with Matt Wilson. We're talking yes, fragile. We will be back in a minute. <laughs>
4: Is this tomato is the sole commercial sponsor of that red cord got meat. Hi. So, you don't have to listen to us lie about some product we do not like, do not care about and do not want for you to have to endure. We save that stuff for the albums. Just kidding. Just kidding. Ha ha ha. Is this tomato is a weekly satirical web comic which is supposed to make you laugh. However, if it doesn't make you laugh, you might be caught in a conundrum. Is this the way it is? Or is it the way it is in real life? Exactly what is the difference? Look to your left. Look to your right. Can you see someone in the frame right next to you? If you can, your character in a comic. If you can't, your character in a 24th century virtual reality entertainment system don't blame me, I'm just the messenger, find out whether you are real, or, not, visit, is this, tomato, dot, com, is, this, tomorrow, dot, com, is, this, tomorrow, dot, com, I did not say tomato, I barely even know tomato, he worked for my campaign as a naked coffee boy for a very brief, well, he wasn't wearing any of those, time,
1: We're going to get some, we're definitely going to get some, because the King Crimson episode, we were pretty respectful and we got some um, extremely, (laughs) extremely pointed commentary about our personalities um, uh, during that episode from King Crimson fans who were notoriously... I'm let's gonna screw guess. Screw them
0: because Robert Robert Fripp shared that, our episode. He
1: I did. That's so he true. Liked it. So That's screw true. Them. <laughs> I, you know what? Truth be told, I don't know whether he ever listened to it, but he certainly he shared it, which was which was certainly very nice. Of him. Yeah,
3: yeah. He didn't have to yeah. do it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do um, it. Let's, yeah. let's let's keep rolling. We're we're good.
0: Yeah. All right. We're back. This is that record got me Hi. We're talking to Mister Matt. Wilson about a record that that legitimately got him high, like in the in the in the 2000, like you said, like around 2014 or so. Uh, he just now, how did you what
1: what made you like start listening to this record obsessively? Uh, yes, remember? what turned this into uh, it, an obsession?
2: So uh, I I had a group that I was playing a lot with at this time called the Twilight Hours. And we had a gig in Chicago. It, it's actually in Evanston, which is near Chicago. Right, right. It's at this awesome club called Space.
1: And
3: okay.
2: Okay. This club, it's got a really nice—you um, know—you people sit at tables and they just listen. And um, the room sounds great. But the really amazing thing about it is the the dressing room or the green room is spectacular. I've never seen anything like it. It's got like greenhouse windows, kind of, you know, so you can you can see out into greenery, uh, you know. Um, So you when it's it's, it's, when
1: you're very it's very nice to sit back there. Like you're like to get ready to do a show. It's not like it doesn't smell like urine, and there's not you know. Oh
2: no! So it has 60s style um, couches, like Mm, like this awesome. That's just yeah. great, and then it's got a huge record collection mm, so mm, a wall mm. just under the greenhouse window thing, and oh, wow, awesome speakers hanging on the ceiling. It's spacious and tall, and it, and and uh, John Munson, who is my musical buddy, um, he kind of got in there first, and he pulled this record out, mm. and I had it for. Decades, you know, and never really, um, in you know, all the way through, just just kind of walking through my brother's room, you know, past it, you know, listening to him, listening oh, to sure, rock. and it floored me, and it it had a little had that little bit of that head start because I had heard it uh, when I was younger, you know, through the, you know, through my brother through my brother's door, yeah, sure, but it it, it was so vivid. And it just it it and so when I got home from that tour, I uh, bought a CD of this album and started playing it in my car because I had a a commute uh, during the week, and I just couldn't stop listening to it, and it (laughs) I just loved it so much.
1: Wow, that's
0: awesome. Well, even even this. So they start outside too with the drummer. First of all, I don't even know why you're going to give the the drummer. Let him do a so thing a, at he all. He gets
1: a publishing credit, so <laughs> he gets yeah, a but, publishing credit. Yeah,
0: right as as great as Bill Bruford is, and I'm not going to. He's an unbelievable drummer. He's like amazing. But this is this sounds like a drummer's contribution would would be. It sounds about right. So let's listen to his. Well, might as well play the all whole thing, better. Right? Sure, thirty five Soup six. to
1: nuts. Uh,
0: for nothing.
1: So, the weird thing about 5% for nothing is that the thing harmonically that it resembles more than a yes song is would be a King Crimson song. And one wonders whether Robert Fripp heard that and was like, hmm. This guy that guy yeah right this guy <laughs> and i'm sure i think robert had probably put the offer out there and after they recorded the next album the all the, the story about the recording of the next record is even more tortuous than this one and at the end of the recording bruford i guess just called robert and said all right where where, where you want me to be and when <laughs> I, i'll be there because he was done with um you know i guess They had gotten so... Everything was very... And this is a known quantity about them, is that everything is the way it is. So when you get on stage as Yes, you are playing the parts that you are intended to play, and those are the parts. And there are no other parts that you're going to do that are not the parts that you are intended to play. So Uh, it's very much a performance a program that's exactly right and so what bill bruford said he liked about king crimson was that it's a framework like like the songs are a framework and within that there's a lot of room for well what are you gonna do here instead of oh it's all you know just all written it's all exactly the way it's going to be there There's was only- no
0: room there was
1: no room and yes no, in- no uh-uh.
2: if, if, if you listen to that song 5% for nothing it to me when i hear it it sounds like a complaint about <laughs> technology
1: yes
2: it's, and programming it sounds like it, i mean it, to me it sounds like a like a like a cry about yeah programming and technology and you
1: know <laughs> yeah sure, <laughs> that's good i like that sure like that. it's very mechanical the, uh, but it's got yeah, a lot the, of it's got a lot of flat at this the robot's
0: angry the angry yeah, robot sure. Yeah. sure all right and now we so now we get the other radio this was also a, a radio song I, I remember this song um and the writing of this song is solely credited to john anderson but that caused some tension because uh according to steve Howe, lots of work uh um, was done on this, where the first riff was more collaborative, which you could hear it when you listen to it. You think, oh, yeah, Steve Howe probably came up with that. But anyway, uh, they didn't that's, do that. That's for, them, that's for
1: them to sort out amongst themselves. That's for them to
0: sort out us. So let's just do a little bit of long-distance runaround.
1: just beautiful the Beatles there's a Beatles influence that you can that creeps in there you go oh I hear um you know some McCartney sort of uh that sunny McCartney thing going on there the way the chords are put together
0: well they had this is a great example of they had a way to put p- p- melodies like pop melodies on top of these intricate musical things you yeah. know that's what uh that's what makes it you know so appealing to like in a musical idiot like me that hates jazz but I could still appreciate a lot of this right.
1: stuff you know
0: and like it
2: that, that's one of the that's one of the songs that actually kind of has a melody and it feels like it's got emotional yeah content or, of some sort or <laughs> <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> right right you know a little bit of it's it's willing to to put down the shield of you know of all the notes and the technique the
1: technique yeah right
2: you know to to some of the things that it says waiting to feel alive i mean yeah, that's a totally, right yeah, that's a sad way of saying i'm like devo
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: that's so funny right. I, I love I, i'm never gonna be able to not think about uh, Devo when i
1: listen to uh, well um yes, anyway. Su- susan said that this song was this song in particular was one that was very evocative for her because they would play it like when she was leaving summer camp and summer camp for kids in the seventies was like, you know, it was sleepaway camp. So, you know, you went to this place where you were could be yourself and you're away from your hated parents and stuff. And so it was very poignant um for for her that whatever this song is saying, she was able to, you know. And I yeah. I do think that some of these songs are are lend themselves to um sort of uh uh teenage teenage emotions um for whatever reason
2: okay so i you guys may or may not have ever seen this i don't know but there was a a flawed but kind of amazing movie called buffalo 66
1: oh i think i saw buffalo 66 yeah
2: okay so it was it was like in sometime in the 90s
1: it's i think M- it, Moonchild by king crimson is in that is in yep. that movie yeah
2: yep and which is an amazing part. But then um the last song in this record, um Heart of the Sunrise. Yeah. Is in the it's it's it is the star of the climax of the movie. And it's one of the most intense
1: movie scenes I've ever seen. It's Vincent incredible. Vincent D'Onofrio, right? Am I did I is that the guy? <laughs>
2: I don't know the guy's name, but he's a genius. Like maybe only for this one movie, yeah, you know? Just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think yeah, yeah. like a
2: single silver bullet that was shot yeah. by God to make this one movie, you yeah. know, or something. Sure. But anyway, um, the, the, anyone who, uh, if you you know, look up um, on YouTube, like Buffalo Sixty Six, Heart of the Sunrise, you okay. got to find it, it, it's it's mind blowing but anyway it's it's like an example of um that this music with its kind of no meaning content yes, in it, yes can it be placed into these cinematic or emotional situations yeah and it works it is it, it's, it's great i mean so they're yeah, just I, they're kind know. of
1: they're kind of formless things that that you can put pour whatever you like you pour, you poured uh, the meaning you wanted to yeah which you is poured perfect. into this awesome. I would yeah. never have gotten but I understand that's because yes. it is this that because of the way especially the the lyrics the way he writes the lyrics there's no way to interpret them and go well that's what he's talking about just right. some, in 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 some sort of definitive way so you you have to put you know the mind we're we're creatures of we find patterns and so you go and some you're presented with something and you're going to find a pattern in that and there's no there's no right or wrong in that um it's like when you look at the cloud and you see a face that's cuz that's what your brain does
0: oh. I guarantee you, some yes fans gonna write in and tell you you're wrong, Barry. But whatever, uh, you could say there's no right or wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so this one goes immediately into which. Remember I, I that. Know, remember that email address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey assholes. Uh, that uh, record that were, got me uh, high. Dot com. All right,
0: so this it goes right into the fish, uh, which was created. This was Chris Squire's solo thing, and he created this. Uh, this is actually my favorite of all the solo ones, and this is he did this using only the bass guitar, but the radio would play uh that's a long distance runaround and this together. So I always thought this was just Part the of end the same of the long thing. distance runaround. Yeah. yeah, let's listen to a little bit of uh Chris Squire's the Fish. thing again taken by itself but but it kind of more cool for me but as a ta- the, like yeah said, sure as a tail like the as long, a long distance around
1: it's just sort of seamless and it just gives the dj it gave the dj back in whatever 74 or 75 you know an extra two and a half minutes to smoke a J jay before he had to come <laughs> back inside and you know put on the next record or play the next commercial all right
0: i <laughs> I have something. I have something I want to ask you guys now, and this is something that I thought of listening to this whole record and listening to Chris Squire's bass on this and everything. I don't know, uh, Matt uh, Barry. I know you're a huge uh, Stranglers fan. Are, are you a Stranglers fan at all, Matt? The band? No. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. Well, the Stranglers uh, bass player, JJ Burnell yeah. Barry, listen yeah. to the oh, sound oh, of his yeah, bass. No, yeah. I feel. It's all there. right, I saw, all
1: you're, right. Not, you're not so, imagining that.
0: Right, I'm thinking. Okay, so I looked up to see if there was some kind of yes, JJ Burnell connection, and there is. He's friends with Rick Wakeman, and him and Rick Wakeman. (laughs) I actually found an interview with them both together. They were doing an interview on uh, on some classic rock site.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's hysterical because um, JJ's saying like that he 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 didn't really at the time they didn't. Fraternize with bands from the previous generation, apart from like uh, Doctor Feelgood. But yeah, he said right. when I was when I was a kid, I used to like Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac and uh, Black Cat Bones. And and then he said our keyboard player Dave Greenfield was a was a prog rocker. And he said when I first met him, he had platform boots and he had frilled jacket and he yep. had that mustache, you yep. know. <laughs> so. Then he said, and he said, I do remember the Yes singer, John Anderson, though. And he said to Rick Wakeman, is he still into elves? (laughs) And so, so listen, so Rick Wakeman says uh, John has his own little world. And uh, when he, when he doesn't like what's happening in the real one, he retreats into his own Mm, one. mm. But he said, but listen, he said, but he's a big fan of yours, though. He said, we were touring together. And driving around in the same car, listening to all sorts of music. And we played some Stranglers. And he said that John Anderson said to me,
1: you know, there's a few of their songs that Yes could have done.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you understand. I understand where he's coming from. Totally.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: And they
0: were were all great musicians, too. That's uh, true. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, they weren't screwing around. They weren't, you know, they weren't slouches. That were trying to rise to, you know, they were actually sort of playing down their ability to play in order to fit in with the, uh, the punk rock scene.
0: So anyway, there you go. There we, we tied in, uh, uh, Devo. Yes. And the stranglers, it's all one big happy family or dysfunctional family, I guess. Mm. Um, all right. So now we get the, now we get Steve Howe's, uh, little instrumental thing. And this is his, uh, solo guitar piece and a very Renaissance fair. Wouldn't you say Matt? Yeah. Yeah,
2: it is. It's like, uh, it, yeah. My, my my group, Trip Shakespeare, we uh, kind of had like a little bit of a like, like a British f- flavor to us. And yeah. did a little yes. Yes. Ain't wanking around on stage and stuff like this. And so like, yeah. And there's some of that sort of British
1: yeah, Stop. it's <laughs> Tolkien. The word is you're thinking of it's it's Tolkien okay. and elves and hobbits and Yeah. yeah. Is, I listened to play a little bit of mood for a day.
2: From from the
1: Shire. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> very nice thank you thank you uh uh, steve (laughs) next he's um, he's really good he's a really incredible but he's imitating like he's playing like i heard bits of like classical gas in there and like it's um you know it's sort of a classical guitar repertory just sort of like you know performance like you know which you would which is like an
4: exercise
1: a little bit yeah like okay
2: the end of it is really, is pretty nice. Uh, but I agree. It's just like, little of this, little of that. You know, have I composed enough for the rest
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Right. How much longer? I got 30 seconds. <laughs>
3: it's
1: better than Bill. Well, it's better than Bill. How like much fun. tape's that's left? How stuff. much tape is left on that reel? All right, yeah, I'll go longer. I'll go longer. I got some other stuff. Um, that's horrible. Right, but, we, that's horrible. But now, but I will no, play, it, I'm will. i going to play like, the rest I, of the song I, under here, so be <laughs> it can redeem itself.
2: Yeah. No. It, the thing is, is like I, I love all these songs. Like when I'm when I'm just stopping being an asshole and, yes. and trying to prove how cool I am, and yes. I'm just listening to the record. I have no trouble listening to all this music straight through, it. and it and I love it all. It's kind of like you know, if uh, surrendering to Broadway or something yeah. else that. Yeah. Yes. yes, that's show right. Because show you, tunes, yeah, because it. yeah,
0: sure. Why you not? You surrender, you surrender to it because it is. It, that's it, it's correct. something that shouldn't. It shouldn't work, and it and on paper it doesn't altogether. You know, like I'm saying, that, you know, you have these epic right. songs, and you have this little thing, but somehow it does, and and that's that's art, right, Matt? That's that's yeah. art.
2: Yeah, and who and who can say? You know, who are we to criticize this thing works Whoa. and it it's does. powerful. And, You know they put it, they did it, and who like, like I, you know? We? Well, you know. me
0: and Barry have a pod, We're assholes, and we have a podcast. So well, but, that's why we're well, allowed
1: to do But it. I agree <laughs> that what we're doing to it is something that it will not necessarily support. But if you just turn all that off and just go and listen to the record, yeah, I could easily listen to this from start to finish again with no problem. Oh yeah, and if but if and I turned off my critical, you know right I I, yeah. I feel like having an opinion stuff then I just it's very enjoyable it's 100% enjoyable and it's and now a, we get the prog, the prog oh, epic yeah. of the record which this
0: you can you can play a little bit of it but it's not going to do it justice but it, it uh, again this one manages to feature like every member at some point uh, but Chris Squire again. Chris Squire's bass looms
2: yeah. large this yeah. whole thing, oh right? God. It's just yeah. He he kind of he 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 really launched a thousand bases. You know, oh a yeah, base oh, a tones, Rick. You know? oh yeah, yeah. A
1: Rick Bass. You got a Rick Bass, and yeah. what did he use? A Marshall or a Sunhead? And you, right. everybody who you know heard this record, lots of bass players and lots of guitar players who you know just sort of became, you know, ended up with a bass in their hands. This record is tr- tremendously um, influential. The tone of it, the way he plays, yeah.
0: Uh, and the, 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 the intro is heavy, man. It's heavy, the intro. Let's yeah. listen to a little bit of Heart of the Sunrise.
1: that play while we're discussing it during the editing. But I will... Yeah, because it's
0: got that huge intro and then eventually goes into a really t- typically pretty John Anderson, you know, part. Right, and
1: I have to say that while we were driving around, actually we were sitting in the parking garage on top of the parking garage facing the sunset um, last night, which was, or two nights ago, which was spectacular. And we were listening to this song and it occurred to me, this song is very much... Um, influenced by King Crimson's first album. Um, And the song 21st Century Schizoid Man has a break in it where um, it goes from the main riff into this insanely fast unison playing um, that is directly informs this song. I mean, Crimson was a, Mm. you know, they came out two years before they were pretty much one of those things that they sort of you know blew everybody's minds when they hit so it's hard to get away from that but especially when the Mellotron comes in that's when you go oh well this is this is yes being influenced by king crimson and then but when the john anderson starts singing it becomes something entirely different and much more um much sweeter and sunnier yeah. That's all I had. To, that's all I had to say about it. Was that it's? I got you know I got to throw in my requisite King Crimson influence on this, but it is. And when they break from the riff and they they start to they play the end of the riff and they start harmonizing, it's really spectacularly good. Um, it's just it's just an amazing tune.
2: I agree. It's epic. It's it's a huge ending for the record. It's it's a. Uh... You know i've been giving a lot of shit and so have you but uh it's an amazing achievement it's so beautiful yeah
1: you know yeah yeah no matter what we say we have what we say doesn't matter because this record stands it doesn't it doesn't doesn't have to respond to our criticism (laughs) yeah
2: it's like you know like it's standing like a 3,000 feet above us, right. you know, like right, we're kicking, know. we're
1: kicking at the foot of the mountain, well, right? Yeah, the, eating, the thing, a, eating a, eating a dried, eating a roasted turkey leg. So, you know, <laughs> like at the at the Ren Fair, at the, at the Ren Fair, of course. Um, but the thing,
0: especially about this song in particular, it's like everything you could love about Yes, and also everything you could hate about
3: That's them in, and pro yeah. music
0: in
2: general,
4: it's, it's all here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, it's like. That, that's how i feel when i listen to music i'm like i hate music like this you know like as a rule as a rule it, yeah but i love this it it, it moves me you know you got i really suggest anyone um if you haven't seen buffalo 66 it's, okay it's got some horrible moments it's not pc um it, I
1: remember, it, I do, I remember
2: that, yeah. It's, it's a totally stupid, profane movie yeah. about this guy who becomes obsessed with a, like a Buffalo Bills loss, like a football loss. Oh. ton of soul in it, and so he's like, he sets out to murder the kicker that screwed up the- Oh, <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ. So, yeah, yeah, and it
2: and, it's but it's heavy and it's profound in its way, and the ending is at this club where he's finally found this guy, and the way it plays out is it's it's really quite a feast
0: with the yeah. heart of the sun. Now let me ask you: when you saw this, did you had you already had your yes? Uh, no, no, that epiphany? was just like oh no, you didn't. Oh, okay,
2: I didn't. I just remember thinking, "Holy shit!" You know, like look uh, at that, uh, uh, and then I, I went back to my kind of frog hating sure I, and but i you know my my heart didn't my icy heart didn't melt until you know
1: right but it did after but it that and and the and the, and the lyrics that he sings in here i mean like you said everything you could like about yes and everything you could hate about yes is in verse 1 because it's it doesn't really say anything but it it suggests a lot of things so yes yeah. Yeah. Love comes yeah. love comes to you and you follow lose one lose one into the heart of the sunrise sharp distance how can the wind with its arms all around me lost on a wave and then after dream on into the heart of the sunrise so you, but, you, that, can be, you should, that can be so cheesy or right, so like meaningless,
0: like I said, meaningless nonsense, but no meaningful, meaningful nonsense, not meaningless, right. meaningful because it feels, yeah, it feels meaningful. And it, and, and maybe it is, it's, it's brilliant. I don't want anyone to think that we're no. making fun of it, no, although no. we kind of are, but we're not because, you know, you can't, it, it's like, I don't know. I don't yeah, said, know. They're,
2: you know they're not—they're they're just not following the rules that we kind of trained in on this. Yes, right, yeah. exactly.
0: You would say because if you wrote lyrics, you were writing a song, you'd say, "Oh well, that, I can't do that." But it's like you know, and fuck this up, is so
1: you know. <laughs> long ago. I mean, I was what? I was seven years old when this came out, and so it was just—it's hard to fathom. Like they didn't have like okay so punk rock hadn't happened and all of that sort of wiping away of all this so and they were at the beginning of this sort of explosion of this pile stuff. up
2: of notes yeah,
1: yeah and right. so there was <laughs> no there was no nothing to compare it to um, and well you know it's funny because it's like uh, i think
2: there it, to me there is a punk aspect to the way they sound in in a funny way and it's the anger and yeah. the, the, the kind of white boy resentment and y- you know yeah sure kind of thing but on the other hand they were also like they were an extension of like music at this time was getting shinier and shinier yeah. and more you know like uh, like it kind of a it kind of a, all came to a head in uh, with Michael Jackson and the incredible production, you know, like yeah, he was well, the king pop yeah. and things were getting more and more produced and
1: well, you like, had more and more tracks on a to use on a recorder, so like they this they did this on a sixteen-track recorder where the Beatles were using, you know, first four. And then yeah. I guess maybe eight by the end, but yeah. um, it just gave you that's multi-track recording made this kind of thing of possible because you could you know put all those layers and all that stuff and um, then get sort of lost in it <laughs> as you well know,
2: on this record. I would love, I would love to see to just watch it play on a um. On a reel to reel, like a twenty four track or whatever it is, yeah. Because I'd love to see how many edits there are. Because to me, it sounds like it's oh, just right. <laughs> so cut up, like really, like you know, yeah. like like yeah. they made one little, uh, you know, eight measure scene and played it a thousand times. Well, and I, find think right yeah, right I think that's
1: yeah. I think that ha- I think there's a there's a story about that.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. There's
1: um with the next record they would they had a piece of tape that um the engineer. Accidentally ended up throwing in the trash, and they had to go get it out of the dumpster because they decided they liked that mix of that little segment better. And so, yeah, I think editing, there's heavy, I would say, heavy editing on this.
0: That was probably when uh, Bill Bruford called. uh (laughs) Well, no, the Bill Bruford
2: story. (laughs) He was in the trash. He was over on the phone, you know.
1: The Bill Bruford story, as I read it this afternoon, is uh, during the recording of. close to the edge was he was in the control room and Chris Squire was sitting at the board and he was messing with two EQ knobs on his bass sound and trying to decide between two sounds on his bass on the EQ on the board and Bill Bruford was exhausted and he fell asleep and he said he woke up two hours later, and Chris Squire was, still, was <laughs> still sitting there, messing with those two knobs. And I think that was the seminal moment where he was like,
0: That's you know... Right. Um, and, and, all right, we, so we did we, we finished this record, and I just want to point out, we did not even mention the fact that Rick Wakeman wears a, a cape when he plays. We didn't even mention that.
1: <laughs> and do I, do I get to, do I, should I tell the Rick Wakeman story, the famous Rick Wakeman story? Where he know. was, oh my god During the tour for Tales of Topographic Oceans Which came out in like 74 I think It was a two album set There are, as far as I know There are no memorable songs on it Because nobody ever plays it Or plays anything from it um, And Rick Wakeman during the tour He had the, um, the roadies build him a special shelf In his, in his Hammond organ where he would put his uh, chicken curry dinner and during oh, right, the ate. segment yeah. <laughs> where, you know, there was a long solo segment and he would sneak his curry dinner out and turn around in his cape and consume <laughs> this chicken curry dinner <laughs> on stage. Uh,
2: see, practical. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Rick Wakeman winning.
0: I agree. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <My name>. Mike, <laughs> mic drop for Rick Wakeman. Um, <laughs> All right, Matt. <laughs> uh, Matt, uh, thank you so much. You were you were great. This it was, was great talking yeah, to you for someone. Never, you're uh, you're a wonderful guest. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing this record to With us. A, so you're this totally, offers- your
1: totally unexpected take on this record. I have to say, I yeah, a, I was exactly. That was the greatest thing about this was wow, like shocking, shocking. Uh,
0: so. Uh, uh Matt Wilson and his orchestra your new release uh, when I was a writer where's the best place for people to go to uh, to get it is that the um, uh, I,
2: Minneapolis Matt of, yeah minneapolismat.com there's a bunch of Matt Wilsons out there and so I had to, <laughs> I, I noticed had to that disambiguate myself and so minneapolismat.com right then, right there there's a button where you can get this record it's actually really good I, i'd love to hear someone you know criticize it the way i've
0: criticized
1: oh no you don't it. oh <laughs> no you don't
0: <laughs> no it actually is and it's actually getting uh re- reviewed getting really good reviews and uh it, it's really great it really
1: is so, great, not just and are you on Bandcamp or not
0: uh yeah 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 we are
1: Okay. Oh. So a lot of people okay. are going to go there that. and look for it. So, but, yes.
0: uh, yeah. And then Minneapolis, Matt. And, uh, yeah, once again, thanks so much, Matt. It was great having you on. Uh, don't forget, uh, people, you can go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and become a patron of our show. We would really appreciate. We really appreciate you guys all listening. Don't forget, uh, subscribe. Whatever you listen to us on, subscribe. You can write a review and, and share it more than anything. Just share, share, share. We really appreciate it. Word of mouth what, is how. What, what,
1: what are we doing next week? No, I'm not let's not
0: say because I don't know. We got a bunch of stuff coming up. We may have a bonus episode come up, so let's not even say. Oh right,
1: oh right. Let's keep it right. Down. I let's, let's, see. I see what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. But uh, Matt, once again, thank you so much yeah, for that, being on. That the was show. that was... Matt, I gotta tell you, pick pick another record, come back on and we're we yep. April, and April twenty twenty one. We want you to come back on the show. Cool, cool, thank you. All that right. great. So Thanks for your thinking, Bob. Thank you, oh, man. Thank you. Once again, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob
0: Elba. Where That Record Got Me High. We'll see you guys next week. We're out.